Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joe Peters is our guest. He announced yesterday that he is running for Congress in the 11th Congressional District. Hi, Joe. Good morning, Sue. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am very well. I think a little bit better than you, so get well quickly, please. Um, I'm doing my darndest. Now, when you (laughs) announced yesterday you did it using a video presentation that, that talked about your career, the things that you've experienced during your life that actually would make you tailor-made to be in the U.S. Congress. And I thought that was a pretty good approach. Well, I, I felt voters need to know uh, whom they are electing and why. What are the issues? Do, does the candidate sort of match in terms of experience uh, the issues of the day? And I think you mentioned um, in the last half hour um, that I really took a deliberate time to travel through the district because I didn't want to be one of those people saying, well, it's an open seat. I want to be the next congressman to succeed Lou Barletta. Uh, I wanted to know that I could make a difference. And as I traveled around, I kept hearing the same issues over and over. And first among them was the heroin opioid crisis. Uh, And when I heard that and when I thought about my background as a former street cop and the chief of narcotics for the state and a federal mafia prosecutor because the mob is so involved in the drug issue. And then having had the honor of working for two presidents in the White House uh, in a senior position in the drug czar's office, I thought, I can help fix this. Uh, I can help every parent out there, every person who opens up the newspaper. And sadly, we see almost daily the photo of a young person. And whether it says it or not, and there are many brave souls and families who talk about what happened to their child, uh, their teenager, um, we all know what the, what the reason is behind that. So as I heard about this issue and I looked at my background, to answer your question, I thought maybe the best way to do this, to, to make my appeal to the voters who will hire me, you know, I'll never forget that I work for the voters and it's not the other way around. I thought, why not talk about the issues of the day about which I had been hearing and why my background is suited to really deal with those in an aggressive and thoughtful way. Okay. Let's talk about the opioid issue because, Joe, I bet there are people listening today, whether they be uh, parents or spouses or brothers and sisters, who say, we can't wait any longer for a solution. This crisis is pressing us right now. What can you offer right now for the people? What, what, what are your well, suggestions? Well, right now, it's, it's, it's a matter of being aggressive and fighting this battle on all fronts. This battle touches every person. There's no economic, uh, there's no ethnic, there's no rural, urban dimension to this. Uh, and the way to deal with it is to collectively reach out and coerce, if necessary, every piece um, of this that can help fix it. And by that, I mean, people look to me as a cop and prosecutor. Law enforcement's important, especially to the drug trafficking gangs and the Mexican cartels and those in Southeast Asia. Um, But it's not just about law enforcement. 
as importantly, probably more importantly now, is education. And we hear education and we think, okay, it's some class in the fifth grade. There is great, but it's much more than that. It's a parent educating their child at home that just because you see a prescription in the medicine cabinet, it doesn't mean that that's okay for you to take. So parents can be soldiers in this battle as much as the police by getting rid of those opioids that are sitting around in the medicine cabinet. It's dealing with insurance companies making the case that addiction is just as much a disease as cancer or any other disease. And we need not only treatment, but long-term inpatient treatment care if we're going to deal with addiction and help people through recovery. It's engaging with physicians and physicians' assistants and pharmacists and nurses because, sadly, when I was a street cop, Nobody wanted to be a heroin addict because there was that notion of a person in the alley with a needle in their arm. That was the problem then, and that in itself, that picture, kept people away. Now, the problem is on its head, and the delivery mechanism to heroin and fentanyl and opioid addiction, ironically, has been that prescription. The the young wrestler who gets injured and is given too many oxycodones or the or the the woman the senior citizen who has a tooth problem and for pain they're given uh percocets and what happens is unless those pills are controlled and unless the doctor is thoughtful and says instead of 20 in a bottle i'm going to give you four and call me in two days and we'll see if you need any more because what happens is that addiction is strong and it grips you quickly the pills run out then you're doctor shopping or you're buying pills on the street for 50 bucks at a pop. That doesn't last long. And then what happens? Your addiction delivers you to the $10 bag of heroin on the street in Hazleton or Wilkes-Barre or Scranton or anywhere else. So we need to work on all fronts, bring everybody together, be aggressive. We can't fool around with this anymore. We can't just talk about it. Okay. <clears throat> and I know that uh, the fentanyl is a real issue, and it seems to be something that is... I would believe coming into the United States illegally, all this fentanyl on the streets, Joe, this this can't possibly be from the pharmaceutical industry, right? Fentanyl is the killer, and it's not coming from the pharmaceutical industry. You know, we need to keep the pressure on the doctors and the pharma companies to control. Nobody wants to deny people pain medication, but let's control it and monitor it so people don't get addicted. When you're talking fentanyl, you're talking about it coming in from overseas through the mail. You're talking about it coming in from Mexico. And fentanyl now is the killer within that packet of heroin because it is so much more addictive than the heroin itself. And people don't know what's in there. They don't know in what amounts. It's cheap to get. The drug dealers, uh, the the punks, uh, cut fentanyl into heroin so they can expand the quantity. And then there's car fentanyl, which a lot of people don't even know about. It's actually an elephant tranquilizer. Uh, which comes in from China virtually unmonitored, uh, and police can't even, in a search, touch that because a couple of grains on your skin can cause you potentially death or a serious health problem and maybe even a road to addiction. So it's that bad. Now, you did mention that a lot of this activity does come to the United States uh, through um, illegal means. How do you feel about uh, Donald Trump and the 
the border wall because that issue is 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 hot and cold. It's on and off. I understand it might come uh, flying back up uh, shortly, and there might be uh, sort of uh, dealing going on about that. Uh, do we need a border wall? We do. Uh, and you can define that in a, in a couple of different ways. When I when I worked in the in the White House as a deputy drug czar, one of my responsibilities was the southwest border, that two thousand miles uh, of border which transits four states, you know, from California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas, and and it is wide open in so many places. And not only is it sort of key to the drug problem and the flow of drugs into the country but it is it is it intersects every other problem guns going back and forth human trafficking terrorism people can walk across that border and we see in my work in counterterrorism around the world we see a concerted effort on the part of terrorist organizations whether they be al-qaeda or isis or any number to send people to mexico and to Canada, but it's much tougher to get in through Canada. But to go to Mexico and just walk across that border uh, in the midst of everyone else. So controlling that border, border wall, and whether wall means an actual wall, whether it means geography that is so severe uh, that you can't cross, whether it means a combination of smart technologies uh, with sensor and some classified things that we do in the air and camera surveillance, we definitely need a wall. There's been a lot of uh, issues across the country, Joe, about uh, legalizing marijuana either medicinally or recreationally, or in some cases both. And then uh, we have an attorney general of the United States who um, recently threw up some roadblocks to marijuana legalization. Uh, as, as somebody who has worked on the streets and as a prosecutor and knows a thing or two about drugs, how do you see the issue of marijuana as both possible medicine and uh, recreational marijuana? So I tried to come at this in a deliberate way, and as you said, sort of taking all of my experience, what I saw on the street and all the way up uh, to the White House dealing with drug policy. Uh, and I'll say this at the outset. I have never been a proponent of recreational, flat-out legalization of marijuana. Um, it would be the road to disaster to countries that have tried that uh, for years now. We can look back and see the problems they have where they have entire cities and societies, where there's a malaise, where they have crime problems, health problems. It goes on and on. Having said that, if marijuana is medicine and truly legitimate medicine, then I'm in favor of anybody getting the medicine that they need to help their condition. The problem always has been the efficacy of marijuana as medicine, of, of THC and the other cannabinoids in marijuana. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't go to the ballot box to vote for our heart medication. So why would we do that when it comes to marijuana? So I guess what I'm saying is, if we can establish that in certain cases marijuana is legitimate medicine and the best medicine, then we should use it that way. It should go through the FDA like every other pharmaceutical that we have. There are, there are ways to do experimental drugs to shortcut that process, and that's okay. But we need medical oversight and we need marijuana as medicine only. Joe Peters, how do you see the issue of health care in America, because I'm sure 
that that uh, will not be something that uh, goes away quietly. There's been so much uh, <laughs> rancor from both sides, as some who believe Obamacare has been extremely helpful to people and others who believe it has uh, driven up costs and has led to uh, lower quality health care for some individuals uh, within their own plan. So how do you see that? And also the expense, of course. You know, on the upside, uh, Obamacare, I guess, has provided some people with health care that didn't have it before. But when you look at the, the panoply of the impact, I think it's clear if you look at the data and even in public opinion polls that uh, Obamacare really hasn't been the answer, and there are some real problems with it. And, you know, as a as a conservative Republican, I don't like the government telling me to do anything. There's a place for government, but it's a minimalist uh, view that I have. And, and so for, for things like the mandate, where I'm told to get health care or a certain kind of health care, I don't think that's a good thing. So I would be looking to repeal and replace Obamacare, not to deny people coverage, but to come up with ways where it's more meaningful and it can help everyone get the health care that they require. And I was talking to somebody yesterday, and we were talking about issues of health care and lower taxes and Second Amendment, and, you know, and I've, I've gotten an A rating from the NRA because I truly believe in our individual liberties. But all of these things don't really matter unless we can live in a safe and secure society. And, you know, we talked about the heroin opioid crisis. That is first among the issues, but there's also the, the homegrown terrorism problem. Um, and, and we look at things like a movie theater in Aurora, Colorado, or people in Times Square being run over with a vehicle, or a, a bomb in a stadium in Las Vegas. That stadium could be at any high school stadium in any one of the nine counties in this district or anywhere across Pennsylvania, rural, urban, it doesn't matter. So, you know, that was another thing that came up when people talked about the problems and my background, that whole notion of dealing with domestic, homegrown, violent extremists, terrorists that are driven ideologically on the Internet with a few bucks, you can rent a car, you can buy a pressure cooker. Uh, it is easy, and we need to work with every religion, every community organization. We see something, say something. We need to work with parents who could, in turn, work with their children. So many of these problems we have, whether it's the heroin opioid problem, whether it's homegrown violent extremists, whether it's people who twist their minds into wanting to assassinate a police officer, so much of that starts in the home with parents and their children. Joe Peters running for U.S. Congress in the 11th District. Thank you so much for uh, introducing yourself to people who don't know you and letting us know about your platform. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. So people can go to JoePeters.com, uh, see the video you mentioned, and I really appreciate your time and, and that of your listeners this morning. Thanks so much. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.